With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. What a crazy time to be alive. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. From the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado, my name is Charlie Robinson. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour. If you want to connect with me, you can do so via email, charlierobinson at tntradio.live. You can follow my show, Macroaggressions, wherever podcasts are available, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Macroaggressions. Let's jump into the headlines for today, Monday, December 11th, 2023. I see that Barbie leads Golden Globe nominations over Oppenheimer because we aren't a serious country anymore and Hollywood is a woke dumpster fire. I guess so much for art, culture, or cinema these days. Hey, the governments are spying on Apple and Google users through push notifications. At least this is according to U.S. Senator Ron Wyden. He mentioned that other governments had been doing this to American users for quite some time, though he 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 seemed to leave out the fact that the American government is doing it to its citizens as well and not just through push notifications. Uh, have you heard of the facility in Bluffdale, Utah, that they has built. Uh, check it out if you're unaware. And also, uh, sort of piggybacking off of a comment we made last week, we do have the results of the Time Magazine Person of the Year 2023. Uh, it, it could have been Barbie. It should have been Barbie. It, it sort of is kind of Barbie in a way, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Taylor Swift is the winner this year, the person of the year, 2023. And she didn't even have to shake down Congress for $200 billion to start indiscriminate wars in a place on the map that nobody in America can even find. So congratulations to Taylor on that. Listen, I lived through it. My wife and daughter went to the shows. They had the bracelets and all that good stuff. I understand what's going on. Um, But let's talk about something that's been on my mind for a little bit now. I've got a problem. I've got a problem with acronyms. It's all the acronyms fault. E-F-D-E-I-C-R-T. I blame the people that love acronyms for this. South Carolina treasurer removes Disney from portfolio due to far left activism. So here's the situation. Um, The state of South Carolina's treasurer is in charge of managing the state's portfolio of assets. And one of the things that they had been invested in for quite some time was Disney. And I don't know if you've looked at Disney's stock last, oh, I don't know, five years or so, but you can see a precipitous fall uh, when they started to get woke and go broke. Maybe not broke all the way, but when you shave $180 billion off of your market cap, that's definitely not trending in the right direction. And I think some of these states, um, South Carolina in this particular instance, have just said, you know, I'm not really interested in the remake of Snow White where the dwarfs are repurposed as non-little people, but a multitude of colors. I'm looking for a return on my investment when I buy Disney stock. I am looking for you to do your fiduciary responsibility to make sure that the stock stock price goes up, not that you invest in some sort of uh, or engage in some kind of um, social experiment. 
where you prioritize all of the weird things at the expense of the things that have been making you money for a very long time. We've seen this with their, their acquisition of Disney, the situation with Gina Carano. And what's happened is that Disney, who used to just make kids movies for kids, has now decided that they're going to be the spokesperson for an entire generation. BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard they cannot keep up this charade much longer while companies that have embraced this ideology or zealotry or whatever you want to call it have watched multiple trillions of dollars in market capitalization just evaporate from their balance sheet over the last couple of years. At some point, you're going to have to figure it out. At some point, you're going to have to make a decision. Do you do you pick a board of directors because they are vital to the survival of your company? Or are you picking a board of directors so that you satisfy some sort of unusual diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, color, skin color requirement or, or some kind? Do you have, do you have it, How many one-legged Eskimo midgets do you have on your board of directors at Disney? That's what I want to know, because if your ESG score is too low, well, then you know, you're going to have big problems. But I think that the general public is now sort of turning their back on this. They're disgusted at what this has become. And look, I think that woke Disney is learning the hard way and uh, it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of lunatics over there at the mouse house. Hey, if you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview, listen back whenever you want, wherever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We are also on all major podcast platforms, including Apple. Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now there is no reason to miss out on anything on TNT Radio. Giving you what you want. I want the fact. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. As of Sunday, Alex Jones is back on Twitter, now known as X, following a poll conducted by Elon Musk that showed a vast majority of X users were in favor of allowing Jones to return to the platform. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio news producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Hey, Ruckus, Alex is back. How do we feel about this? This is very strange because I was pretty sure that uh, Elon Musk promised that would never, ever happen uh, for a very specific reason. But, hey, you know how these billionaires are. They're always changing their minds. Uh, Elon Musk in particular seems to flip flop a lot. Uh, but. Regardless, he's a free speech absolutist, and uh, maybe he's been slipping in the public opinion, uh, the court, as it were, in that department. Maybe this is a way to redeem himself, but it's official as of early Sunday. Uh, I don't know exactly what time, but uh, yeah, Elon Musk, uh, they went ahead and restored Alex Jones's account on uh, X. I mean, the last time he had one, let's see, five years ago, if I'm not mistaken. So it was definitely called Twitter back then. Um, this is following a poll. Uh, that was uh, conducted, orchestrated, as it were, by the CEO slash owner uh, of X, Mr. Musk himself. Uh, they, he just straight up asked, hey, should Alex Jones be reinstated on the platform? Uh, apparently 70 percent, 70 percent of the people said yes. It was very clever. He was speaking Latin. Um, what did he say? Uh, reinstate Alex Jones on this platform, question mark. Vox populi, Vox Dei. End quote. That's what he asked. So I guess the Latin phrase uh, vos, vox populi and vax de, de I, I, my Latin sucks, guys. Uh, it means the voice of the people is the voice of God. And what he meant is basically 
They responded. There were nearly 2 million votes, more than 70 percent. And so Musk tweeted after the poll ended, quote, the people have spoken and so it shall be, end quote. He's really like developing this bizarre, like, I don't know, Julius Caesar kind of complex. It's getting bizarre, Charlie. But uh, hours after the poll was conducted, uh, Mr. Jones's account was indeed again visible. Uh, And I think the first thing he did was he reposted something uh, about his new video game. That's right. There is an InfoWars video game. Uh, His account, which has begun to accumulate followers, currently has about one million. He has yet to post anything original, from what I can tell. Uh, Mr. Jones's account, uh, you guys want to go follow him if you like. It's at RealAlexJones. It now shows his last original post was back on September 6th, 2018. The same day that the social media platform's previous owners permanently, uh, that's a strong, strange word, uh, but yeah, permanently banned his account and his website, InfoWars, saying they had violated its behavior policies. Uh, By the way, InfoWars, that separate account appears to still be unavailable. Um, So I don't know if there's any talk about them doing that. Uh, Mr. Musk, uh, who has said he's a free speech absolutist, wrote that the move was about protecting free speech. He has previously said that permanent suspensions should be used sparingly. Uh, Again, I I think I might have to look up the word permanent. Uh, In response to an ex-user who wrote that, quote, permanent account bans are antithetical to free speech, end quote, Musk wrote in reply, quote, I find it hard to disagree with this point, end quote. I bet you do, Mr. Musk. Right after his takeover, the social media platform implemented several modifications, including changing its name and revisiting its policies. It also reinstated previously suspended accounts, including that of former President Donald Trump, who was suspended in early 2021, but the 45th president has posted only once on X since, instead opting to use his own truth social platform usually in all caps. Mr. Musk has since sought to reassure users and advertisers that such a decision would be made with the consideration of a content moderation council composed of people with quote-unquote widely diverse viewpoints and no account reinstatements would happen before the council convened. Separately, Musk in November cursed out advertisers, of course, that have fled X over content that they deemed objectionable. Multiple firms such as Disney, Comcast, and IBM have confirmed that they won't be advertising anymore on the platform. And uh, we all know how Elon Musk feels about whether or not they should be advertising on his platform. Uh, But I don't think we need to go there, Charlie. But what do you think about Alex Jones coming back? And does this mean good things? Maybe, uh, I don't know, David Duke, who's been banned, maybe Martin... Sure, Kelly, that guy, maybe Nick Fuentes, Raul Castro, maybe some people I know personally who still have their accounts gone. Does this mean maybe there's a chance? What do you think? First, we get Owen Schroyer out of actual jail. Then we get Alex Jones out of Twitter jail. I mean, what's next? Yeah, I say let everybody out. If you have a problem with the things that they're saying, mute them. Block them. Do whatever you need to do. That's a you problem. That's not the, the 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 solution is not to take away somebody's free speech. If they're saying things that are rightly crazy, let them say it as much as they want, and that will expose them for being the lunatic that they are deemed to be. Right. So uh, I'm not uh, I'm I'm not for censorship. I think it's disgusting. I understand that he's in a bind a little bit with the advertisers because the advertisers want to feel secure with their brands being 
in place next to content that isn't going to paint them in a negative light. But we just saw what happened with the Media Matters uh, lawsuit, the thermonuclear lawsuit that Elon Musk just dropped on them. When you go through and look at the tactics that they were using, they were they were using sock puppet accounts and resetting the system over and over again until they finally got one hateful comment to show up next to one advertiser's uh, ad. And then they screenshotted that and sent it to the advertisers as, as some sort of justification. See, look, they're, they're running your ads next to hate speech. But of course, when you open up the hood and dig into that, this is a gigantic computer. And, and, and Linda and Elon both took a look and saw exactly what they did, what Media Matters did in order to make that scenario happen and they saw the number of exposures it was it was a grand total of two one of them to them and one of them to some other random person so it was not a real thing this is devious and diabolical and it's going to get them all sued which is great uh, i'm i'm happy that alex is back if you disagree with what he says don't listen to him it's very simple this is not uh this is not rocket science i think everybody should be brought back bring them all back ruckus well, I, I used to listen to Alex Jones back in the day, and for the longest time, I made the personal choice to stop listening to him. Uh, but it didn't work because he's, you know, he's still around. He's still popular, and I still hear other people reporting what he has to say. And then he pops up with other people like Elon Musk and Tucker Carlson, and I get sucked back in again. But sorry, Alex, doesn't mean I'm going to get a subscription to Infowars anytime soon. But yeah. You got me back in. Maybe I'll have to re-follow his Twitter account or X, excuse me, Elon. Who knows? Oh, for no other reason than just to see what he's uh, what he's been, got pent up for five years of silence. It's uh, it's funny that he I didn't realize there was a video game. It's like you got to get the globalists, you got to hunt them down before they do the, launch the new world order. This that might be a game I would be into. I would uh, I might. Uh, <laughs> where can we? Where do you get such a game, Ruckus? Do we know where Alex's uh, video game is available? Yeah, you got to go to his website. You'll find it there. Um, I, I watched a, a couple YouTube creators play the game, including Jason Burmis. He did a, a playthrough of the game for an hour or so. It was pretty fun. I was like, yeah, this looks like a game I would play. But, you know, again, talk about the list you're going to make when you download that to your computer, Charlie. Oh, yeah, you are going to wind up on uh, you're going to get Christmas cards from the feds for a very, very long time. But uh, but that's what happens when you when you when you deal with uh, um uh, when you deal with the devil, as they call, it, they really think Alex is is the worst person in the planet. But I'll tell you what; these have these have a way of of backfire on these on on the the censors because when you censor somebody, it all it does is draw attention to it. They call it the Streisand effect. Of course, Barbara Streisand recently, on sort of a uh, ironic moment, had a a boat full of migrants wash up on the beach right in front of her house again with the Streisand effect. Maybe the screenwriters are writing the script these days. I don't know, Ruckus. It seems it all seems so crazy. Thanks so much. We appreciate your uh, your insight on this matter. We'll catch you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Well, we've got uh, Jeff Berwick coming up in the following segment. After that, Don Jeffries in segment number two. Stay with us. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Thirteen Israeli hostages released uh, as part of that ceasefire deal. Uh, Forty-nine days after they were taken hostage. 
49 days. So that still leaves about 225 to 227 more hostages. Uh, I'm with John Bolton, the former national security advisor to Donald Trump. I'm with Britt Hume of, uh, of Fox News. I'm with a bunch of other people who say this gives Hamas too much time to do whatever they want to do, to do whatever they need to do, to regroup, to rearm, to re-strategize. And as much as you want the hostages back, it can't be at the expense of the other part of the mission, which is to destroy Hamas. So I think it's a mistake. Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. Council and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We are freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back with the Charlie Robinson Show. My first guest is the founder of Anarchapulco, the owner of the Dollar Vigilante and the Crypto Vigilante, and we wrote a book together called The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Jeff Berwick. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Good, Charlie. How you doing? I'm good. Can we talk about our, our Acapulco itself? Um, you guys have been doing fantastic work raising money for Hurricane Otis. Uh, HurricaneOtisRecovery.com is the website that people can go to check this out. Can you give us a recap of what happened with this hurricane and why the media refuses to talk about this thing? Yeah, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll try to keep it short. But on, I think, October 26th, Fifth, uh, in the evening, out of the blue, with no warning whatsoever, no one even knew a hurricane was in the area. A Category Five hurricane uh, hit Acapulco at one in the morning, uh, with over two hundred mile per hour winds. I think it's the biggest hurricane that ever hit a major population center ever. Uh, it's certainly Mexico's biggest hurricane. Uh, and I actually only found out about it around seven in the evening when I just saw someone mention a hurricane close to Acapulco. And I thought that was strange because I didn't notice anything earlier. 
Uh, and as I started to track it with some of the uh, internet sort of uh, storm tracker type people, uh, they were like, we've never seen anything like this. It's now category three. Now it's category four. And then they said it's category five and it's headed right for Acapulco. And they said it was going to hit by five in the morning. It hit at one in the morning. So it went from nothing to a category five in a couple of hours uh, and went faster than anyone thought was possible and hit directly the actually the very place it hit was Max Egan's house and right behind it, the secret garden where Narcopoco is held. Uh, and uh, it was a devastating storm. It's actually just now uh, starting to recover quite well. Uh, it's taken almost two months, but uh, almost everything in Acapulco was damaged. Uh, it was a massive uh, event. Uh, I, I think it was a weather weapon, uh, especially when you look at what Mexico has been doing with the uh, not going along with the global warming hoax, not going along with the COVID hoax, uh, not going al along with the uh, Monsanto GMO type stuff. Um, they had a uh, three um, oil refineries all get uh, uh, explode on fire in February, all at the same time in three different locations. Then in all in October, a category four hit Cabo, a category four hit Puerto Verta, and a category five hit Acapulco, all dead on. Uh, all in the same month. And actually, it wasn't really reported too much anywhere because they wanted to keep it kind of quiet because these were uh, attacks on basically Mexico uh, on uh, for not following in line with the New World Order. Wow. I mean, we know that there's a lot of nonsense going around with these governments. And we've watched what's happened in Maui. We have questions about that. I, um, You and I have been in, in pretty close contact since the hurricane hit. Can you can we talk a little bit about what you guys have been able to do in terms of recovery? Because it seems like the government was very dismissive of this early on, almost as if, you know, what are you guys talking about? There's no situation. And then I saw the helicopter footage and it was it was wrecked. And you guys have raised a bit of money, several hundred thousand dollars and used that to buy chainsaws and and uh, food and clothing and and shelter and whatever you can. Uh, what's the status of HurricaneOtisRecovery.com? Yeah, as soon as I found out what happened, I did a bit of an emergency video. And uh, luckily, so many great people out there, a lot of them are libertarians, anarcho-capitalists, voluntarists, uh, all donated. And we raised over $400,000, which was super needed because, as you as you pointed out, the government basically did almost nothing, uh, as close to nothing as is possible, which some people uh, were kind of shocked by. But I wasn't that shocked because that's how Mexico is. And I'm actually fine with that. Uh, I don't want the government involved in anything, but they they literally did nothing uh, for quite a while uh, and really still haven't done a lot. It's actually all been private organizations that have been re, uh, uh, making Acapulco reborn, really. Uh, it was uh, the, the power company, of course, which is CFE, which is a government monopoly, but it's still a private company. And that's a, a important thing to uh, have a distinction. So they have a profit incentive to get in there and restore the power to 500,000 people who are clients. Uh, so they were in there very quickly. We were in there the next day. We were the first people in there. Uh, there was most people had most of the, especially the poorer people who live in kind of like cinder block uh, uh, shanty sort of uh, with uh, corrugated metal roofs. Uh, a lot of their houses just got blown away, including everything in it. So a lot of people for for weeks or even more than a month uh, didn't have any food or water or anything. And we were a lot of the people supplying to as many areas as we could. Uh, there was also the Red Cross, which actually isn't as bad as it is in a lot of other parts of the world. It's actually pretty good in Mexico. It's run by 
a great family uh, called the Panazuelos, I, I believe. They actually started up Tulum. They're quite a rich family. They're, they have uh, restaurants in Acapulco, and they actually helped out a lot. Uh, there was also the Global World Kitchen or something like that. Uh, they were there doing quite a bit. So, uh, you know, we, we have an Acapulco in Acapulco. We talk about anarchy and how we should get the government out of everything. And I think we really demonstrated that by raising funds for this from uh, people who are uh, libertarians, essentially, uh, then going out with dozens, if not like close to 100 volunteers, a lot of them from Anarchapoco, a lot of them from my wife's family, uh, for nearly two months uh, distributing this aid, along with a lot of their other private organizations. And uh, where were the media? We were the only people really reporting on it. So we were the media as well. <laughs> uh, the media kept this com completely quiet. Uh, the government didn't help. So this was actually one of the best sort of examples of anarchy really in action. And uh, as of today, uh, with uh, we're pretty getting pretty close to winding down. Uh, Acapulco is pretty close to recovering now. Uh, every area is pretty much back up and running in one way or another with power and water and stuff like that. Uh, but it, it's been almost two months. So it's been a long two months, but we're, we're kind of coming out the other side of it now. Well, I'm not surprised because you guys have always been doing a lot of outstanding work at Anarchapoco. I've been fortunate enough to be a speaker there on three different occasions. And I know that you raised tons of money for the Marsh Children's Home in the area of the orphanage. So it's uh, it's not a bunch of Molotov cocktail throwing lunatics. It's a bunch of people that are out there actually doing the work that the government should do. We're going to drop off for a quick news minute. We'll be right back with Jeff Berwick. Now, TNT Radio News. I have huge news. Are you ready for it? Yeah! Do it! For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. In Berlin, thousands of people rallied against anti-Semitism on Sunday amid a significant rise in anti-Jewish incidents in Germany. The Australian government is allocating $17 million to support small and medium-sized enterprises in implementing artificial intelligence technologies. In a significant overhaul of its migration policies, the Australian government is set to focus on student visa holders to extend their stay in the country without a definite plan for permanent residency. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Back with Jeff Berwick. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Anarchapulco this year. It is the largest anarchist conference in the world. It happens every February in Acapulco, Mexico. This year, it's going to go from the 11th through the 16th. This is the 10th anniversary of the event. I am proud and honored to be the host and MC of the event with my good friend, Jeff Berwick. So, Jeff, where are we going? What's cooking for Anarchapoco this year? We need to get all this audience. This TNT audience is the perfect audience for Anarchapoco. If you want to talk about an interlocking Venn diagram, oh man, I'll tell you, this is the this, this is the group of people that we that we want there. Um, what are we doing? Well, first of all, I'm glad we're doing it. It was really unknown if we were for a, 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 almost a month there, uh, but it was quite incredible how uh, much uh, uh, everyone we work with, including the Secret Garden, where we hold the event in a basically a botanical garden. 
uh, which was the the brunt where the the storm actually hit. But the, actually, the event area which you were at last year, Charlie, uh, was the only area in all of Acapulco that looked completely untouched, like it was completely protected. So we took that as a sign. Uh, then the Secret Garden people said, "We'll have this place uh, looking great by February. Don't worry, they're working hard. They've been working hard ever since." Uh, another place called Bambuda, where we have a lot of our retreats and uh, yoga and uh, ayahuasca and DMT and stuff like that, uh, are all uh, uh, planning and getting ready for February. So, um, and then uh, Acapulco is really coming back online. A lot of the the big hotels will be starting opening on actually February first. Uh, so we timed it great. We got, we basically helped Acapulco recover, and now we're uh, everything's recovering just in time for the event, which I'm sure must be a uh, real downer for the globalists who actually sent this weather weapon, probably partly with the intention of stopping this event, uh, which is not surprising. This, this is quite normal for us. We're used to it. Uh, every year, some of our speakers get killed. Uh, John McAfee two years ago, uh, then uh, Rashid Buttar last year, who went for a CNN interview and they poisoned him with the CIA. Uh, this happens all the time. We're used to it, uh, but we, we're not stopping. And actually, the name of the event, uh, as you know, uh, the, the theme this year is Reborn. And we actually came up with that before this storm hit. A storm, a storm hit. And uh, uh, it has absolute new meaning now because we're truly, totally being reborn. Acapulco itself is being reborn. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be uh, an incredible event. It's our 10th anniversary, as you pointed out. Uh, the, the orphans, uh, the orphan home that we've been supporting pretty much since Narcopoco started uh, was one of the biggest helpers of us to do the recovery. A lot of the kids there, we've been training them in all kinds of things, including self-sustainability and all these sort of things, how to uh, build uh, self-sustaining houses and stuff like that. And uh, they've been a big part in helping uh, us to help everyone else, the, the orphans and the anarchists have been helping to save uh, Acapulco. Uh, they'll be there, of course. And I think this year will be more special than ever because of everything we've gone through the last few months. And it's really tied together the Narcopoco team. Uh, we've all been working just nonstop for the last two months trying to recover everything uh, and help people. And uh, we've become incredibly close-knit because of it. Uh, and along with a lot of the people in Acapulco, including a lot of the people who help Narcopoco, like a lot of the taxi drivers and stuff like that, a lot of their houses got uh, washed away. We've already rebuilt one of their houses. Uh, we've already supported numerous others. Uh, so it's going to be probably the most uh, sort of like amazing in Acapulco ever in terms of the entire community. I, I'll bet like all of Acapulco probably knows about us now. We've been everywhere giving out stuff for two months straight. Uh, so this will be the most uh, probably incredible in Acapulco of, of all of them for the last 10 years. Uh, and uh, you know how it is. It's going to be an entire week of incredible speakers, people speaking out about what's going on, uh, people like Larkin Rose, uh, people like uh, Max Egan, uh, David Eich will be coming in uh, virtually, um, and so many people all week, and talking about how to uh, also build new systems, uh, how to uh, do work on yourself, because I think that's, to me, the most important thing. Uh, so many, so many people worry about everything going on in the world and how evil it is and how horrible and the globalists and they're doing all this and they sent a weather weapon to try to kill us all in Acapulco. But I just keep doing the work and keep connected and keep aligning myself and uh, keep doing as many virtuous things as possible. And uh, that's how you actually change the world and you actually change yourself. And that's actually the only thing you can do. So why not just focus on that? So a big part of Acapulco is also on things 
like that. We even have our Game Changer event for two days after Narcopoco, which is a completely transformative type event for working on yourself in every single way from physical, mental, uh, emotional, uh, primal, uh, social. Financial is one of them. That's the one I'm talking on. So yeah, there's a ton of events. As you know, there always is. And uh, you'll, you'll be seeing it really firsthand this year as being the MC, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, it's it's always my favorite week out of the year. I leave feeling a little bit bummed out because I know I've got to go back to the real world, but I always feel great about the people I've met, the connections I've made. Um, health, wellness, that's a huge compart, uh, component of this as well, but also crypto. And crypto's had a little bit of run here in the last couple of weeks. Can we talk a little bit about this um, as we, if, if anyone that wants to get a, a real good education on cryptocurrencies. Come to Anarchapulco and you'll find there's an entire day devoted to it. You'll learn everything that you need to know if you're new to it or if you're advanced. There's a little bit of something for everybody there. Um, what's going on? We've seen in the US, I know this isn't you're outside of the US now, but um, Binance USA seems like they've been trying to dance a little bit with the uh, with the SEC and that's not working out very well. Do they have a future in America or are they going to be relegated to to on the outside of this uh, marketplace looking in? Well, Binance basically had a, uh, a takeover done by uh, essentially the globalists just about a month ago where they said that uh, CZ did a bunch of things, which is mostly all BS, and uh, then said, you basically, they probably said to him, you can take our offer and leave, or uh, we'll basically put you in jail with Sam Bankman-Fraud, who also worked with them. Uh, but uh, uh, so they've already taken it over, uh, the globalist, and, that, and that's pretty normal. They're, they're taking over as much of they can of the crypto sort of space. Uh, the great thing is they can't actually take over crypto. Uh, they can take over the exchanges and stuff like that because they have a uh, uh, you know a criminal armed gang in all these countries that they can just send and shut things down and and, and kidnap people and put people in cages and extort them, uh, which is what the SEC that's all it's there for. That's what the U.S. government's all it's there for uh, is to keep the monopoly for the you know the big banks, J.P. Morgan and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, does Binance have a future in the U.S.? I would say it's possible now that they've taken it over, so they have control of it now, and that's what they want. I would say that no one should use it because every single transaction that goes through Binance now goes through basically the U.S. government and the globalist databases, their AI and everything. Uh, so I don't I use stuff like that anymore. I don't use anything that's uh, connected to any sort of system uh, that, uh, you know, the banking system, forget it, uh, The any sort of mainstream social media, uh, forget it. Uh, obviously, Google, all, YouTube, all the all this stuff. I'm actually banned for most of them, which actually is kind of a blessing in disguise. I'm kind of happy not to have in any way be in you know in their sort of a spider web, you know, the World Wide Web. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know about Binance in the U.S. for sure. But um, uh, now that they've taken it over, I guess it could exist there. Uh, but uh, there's there's better exchanges in the U.S. anyway, and it's definitely not Coinbase. Uh, Kraken is still the best one in the U.S. in my opinion. It's basically run by a libertarian, uh, and he's been the most upstanding in in, in privacy. And they even have Monero on uh, Kraken. Uh, so that's definitely the exchange I would use in the U.S. 
That's Jeff Berwick, everybody. You can catch his book, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, that we wrote, came out in uh, February, uh, or I'm sorry, came out in November of 2022, the Friday right before the U.S. elections. The irony, Jeff, you'll never vote in another election again if you read this book. Uh, Check out HurricaneOtisRecovery.com if you want to donate. They will accept crypto as well if you want to help for the uh, recovery effort. And get yourself to Anarchapulco, February 11th, 2024. Come down to Mexico. Listen, there's worse places to be than Acapulco in February, everybody. Get your, get a ticket. We'll see you down there. Jeff, you're the best. I'll catch you a little bit later on today. We'll be back on the other side of this break with Don Jeffries. This is TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Enough. We are sick and tired of breathless headlines like Senator Josh Hawley goes off after FBI Director Christopher Wray admits no one is being fired for targeting Catholics. And Ted Cruz hammers FBI Director Christopher Wray for sitting blithely by as FBI is weaponized. And Senator Mike Lee, FBI Director Christopher Wray, you have a lot of gall, sir. This is disgraceful. Uh, I'm going to write a sternly worded letter to the editor. I mean, come on, we understand that Republicans in the Senate have very little power than being in the minority at the moment. But we need more than breathless headlines. We need more than investigations in the House. We need more than subpoenas. So-and-so's been subpoenaed, so what? They thumb their noses at us. You cannot run in 2025 based on we're not Joe Biden, because guess what? It's probably not gonna be Joe Biden probably going to be Kamala or Gruesome Newsome or somebody else. So articulate a plan for the country. How are you going to fix this government so that it is never weaponized against the American people ever again? From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. What do I love about riding? It's the thrill. The excitement. Riding gives me a sense of freedom. I feel so connected to the road. Riding is like therapy to me. It makes me feel alive. Love riding? Back off. If you can't believe what you're hearing, get the straight talk from Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back with the final segment of the Charlie Robinson Show. Our next guest is the author of Masking the Truth, How COVID-19 Destroyed Civil Liberties and Shut Down the World, as well as many other books, including Bullyocracy. You can catch his shows, I Protest and America Unplugged, wherever podcasts are served, and also over there on Rockfin. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Don Jeffries. Hey, Don. Good to see you. How are you? Hey, Charlie. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. There's always plenty to talk about. Um, it seems yeah, that the yeah. president's son has got himself into a bit of hot water these days. It did that deal that they tried to uh, pass off as as uh, you know a get out of jail free card for life didn't really work. A couple months ago, they went back to the drawing board and bam, they hit him with some charges. Is this all theater? Is there going to be any teeth attached to this thing? Well, you know, a Hunter Biden, the son of a president, uh, getting any substantial punishment would be would be like earth shattering. I mean, it just doesn't happen. I wrote a whole book about that survival of the richest. That's not the way the system works. 
well, again, we ought to all look very closely at what you know is being done to Trump symbolically. Trump is, uh, people at that level don't get prosecuted for anything, let alone the kind of ridiculous stuff he's being prosecuted for. But I mean, well, and I don't know. You know, early on, you had people like Rudy Giuliani, who I don't know what happened to that guy. That guy was a 9-11 cover-up artist, but then he was saying some really wild stuff, and he was the one that was pushing that laptop, and he was saying, it's, you know, I believe he's the one that said that it shows Hunter Biden raping a 10-year-old Chinese girl on it. And uh, we also heard that it was lots of images of his niece, who I think was 14 years old, naked on there. So that's enough to send the average person away forever. And uh, you'd think people would be very interested in, you know, like, that's a monster, uh, but they stopped talking about that. No one talks about it. When Tucker Carlson used to talk about it in the air, he never mentioned that. Uh, they would talk about this prostitutes. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen, there's even a picture, very disturbing picture. Hunter walking, and he, he's, there are lots of naked pictures of him, apparently, if you want to see that. But he's like walking and exploring out. But he's got, I mean, a really little girl. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even know how. Maybe four or five. I, I couldn't tell. But, um, you know, her face is blurred out. But you can tell by the size, unless it's a midget or something. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a, this is a really little kid, and she's wearing like inappropriate, uh, buddy type of. I mean, it's obvious what's going on there. So I don't know. You know, if, if people are concerned about that kind of thing, obviously they should. But that has never that's been glossed over, except in some alternative media that said the uh, you know there's a picture of him with the crack pipe and the and the, you know the bathtub and all that. They were falling asleep or something, and talk of him with prostitutes. Which, you know, is obviously a much at a whole different level. That's not, you know, most libertarians like me would think that's not a crime. But uh, I, I can't imagine anything substantial will happen. Just don't, it's just not the way it works. If it did, that's the kind of thing we talked, Charlie, about. If people like that were, were even him, he's not even, he's, he's an offspring of somebody powerful. But if somebody like that was brought to account and held accountable for a crime, and that's the only way you can restore any kind of faith in the in alleged justice system. Because we, though, that's what people know. That I mean, that's what Trump used to say: the system is rigged. And now, of course, he's you know finding out. But uh, it is rigged, and it's, it's, it's the average person. I mean, I've I've gone through these in my book before. The I think the uh, the federal crimes prosecution rate is something like ninety. I mean, uh, conviction rate is something like ninety five percent. So. But people like Hunter Biden, they just don't, they don't even get charged with it. They do, they get the original sweetheart deal, which got some attention and they backed off from that. And now he's out there. I've seen him giving interviews where he's, uh, he's pretty, he's bragging, not probably bragging, but he's like fighting back kind of like Dominion did when they started suing Fox News where, you know, you really should be keeping quiet. You know, you're, but that's the way it works. The people that get the criminals are enabled and they not only, don't you know? Don't you know? They don't get off, but they fight back. And so, who knows? Maybe Hunter. I would not put it past Hunter Biden, or maybe from suing Fox, uh, Tucker Carlson or something like that. And in and this crazy country, he'd probably be convicted. I, you know, it's such a backwards, upside down world that we're living in. You're right. It, they probably would sue uh, Tucker Carlson and 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 have a, a ton of support from the general po yeah. public. I mean, the general public has been has been dumbed down to a, to a point now where they're willing to accept uh, just about anything. And they really they just want to show this. The Hunter Biden laptop was the greatest show in the world. The October surprise of all mm -hmm. October surprises. And then we saw the criminality that was behind that with the right. with the intelligence assets, the 51 
front of them signing and say, hey, this is Russian disinformation. So again, um, yeah. you would think that they would be brought into this. If you if we know you're lying about this laptop and if it actually does have the things that have been reported in the alternative media of being on this laptop, that is bridge too far. And if you're signing off on this as an as a a member of the intelligence world and you're staking your reputation and you're putting your name on it and you're signing your name on it and it's blatant nonsense and it's provably false then shouldn't all of the people that signed the document be rounded right. up and and perp walked like they did on you know and put on cnn like they did the when, when the when the indictments come down for the other side wouldn't that be yeah. fair wouldn't that be a way to a good place to start and I think, yeah, Charlie, and I think that's what most of us, uh, not most, but I mean, I, I quickly lost faith in Trump, you know, when I, when I went to him. And I realized it's un unlikely, but I think that's what people who were believing his rhetoric, it's the kind of stuff they envisioned. They did envision the perp walks, starting with Hillary Clinton, you know, lock her up and all that. And uh, that would have, that's the only way you could ever try to restore any kind of faith in our institutions in this country is if people that obviously have committed huge, deep, crimes. And I, I write for American Free Press as well. And I've written many stories about, about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden both. I mean, they're just their dealings in the Ukraine, which is, just makes it the ultimate irony that Donald Trump was impeached for a pretty innocuous phone call uh, asking uh, Zelensky, I think it was, it, it to, uh, hey, you know, you really need to look into that uh, corruption over there involving Biden. I mean, so it's an impeachable offense for somebody. I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's his opponent. But, uh, you know, if, if, if the president of the United States doesn't he have an interest in rooting out corruption, and I, there was so much corruption there. I mean, Hunter Biden, I think, got like a million dollars from Russia at one point. He got so much money from from the Ukraine. And I, I forget forgot the details, but they're they're in my articles. And uh, and, and Joe Biden himself, you know, that saved 10 percent for the big guy. And Tucker Carlson interviewed some of these people. I think didn't move anybody at that. No one cared. There was, and again, I'm not comparing Trump and Biden, but there was so much more substance there in terms of real crimes uh, against Joe Biden. But the other side is so, you know, stricken by this Trumpenstein project that they're willing to, as you mentioned, all the, the uh, 50 some or however many intelligence and agency officials, which the left, you know, where I came from, used to, we used to pretty much distrust intelligence agency officials, but now the same people love them. Because they're they're against Trump, so yeah, yeah, this, this, this is great. Yeah, they may have killed JFK, but hey, you know they're they're against Trump, so we're cool with it. So it's we're just an obviously very divided society. And if if somehow you you would see CNN, the entire me the entire mainstream media go apoplectic if any of these things took. Place. They may under Biden, they might because it's not going to happen. But if somehow it did happen under Biden, that's where but they they I don't know exactly how they'd react, but. In terms of if Trump had tried something like this, and it, it needs to be stressed for the Trump supporters that he had four years, he didn't he didn't bring a single prosecution against a political enemy the entire four years, and you know that's a lot of swamp out there uh, that, that there was no attempt to drain, but that's how you would drain the swamp. You would prosecute these real career criminals, the Clintons, the Obamas. I mean these all these all these people have. Stuff you can, I mean, Hillary Clinton alone, going back to cattle chairs and file gate. I mean, there's so many things you can prosecute her on. And and, and she destroyed, a, I mean, talk about laptops. They admitted they did, she destroyed a laptop with a sledgehammer, or people did, and, and washed it in bleach to destroy email. I mean, how, imagine if Trump had done something like that with the, the, the rhetoric of the media would have been. 
all this stuff goes unpunished. So the people, the 70, 80 million people that voted for Trump and, and remain awake to some degree, this is the kind of stuff that we look at. And it's like, you know, there's, this is hopeless. You can't trust anybody because there's so much criminality out there. As you know, if you just, if you just read my books or my Substack or uh, my articles in American Free Press, I try to chronicle this stuff as it goes on. You can't keep up with it. There's just so many crimes and uh, they just they just roll away and it's on to the next one. And they never yeah. get addressed. No one's ever punished. And they, in fact, most of the time, these people get, they keep getting promoted. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to, to not be really cynical. Yeah, it really is. And, and I saw today that the, the U.S. does a ceasefire in Gaza at the U.N. Security Council. They're the only ones that were vetoing this. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you, are you surprised? I think I already know the answer to this before no, I ask the question. No. Then, of course not. <laughs> this is just part and, of the and course. Then, and this, and this is the, the fake left-right paradigm that Alex Jones used to call the phony left-right paradigm. It's very accurate. That on something like Israel, that still exists. Trump didn't shatter that because, I mean, again, it's mainly because Trump is not, um, it's not really, you know, he's, he's so pro-Israel, even though he did make many interesting comments about, you know, senseless wars and bringing the troops home, none of which he ever did, of course, but his rhetoric was good sometimes on it. And he's perceived that way by, you know, people, even in Israel, the guy with the most pro-Israel president we've ever seen, he's been called anti-Semitic. He has Jewish grandchildren. And he's, he's been called anti-Semitic, which is ridiculous. He has streets named after him in Israel. But it doesn't surprise me because the UN, uh, one of the things it has done, and of course, it's been anti-American you know, for its history, but it has condemned Israel many times for its human rights violations. And every time, this is standard operating procedure in the U.S. The U.S. has to veto it every time. They never support it because they, they support Israel come what may. And you saw that after this, you know, the Hamas thing where... Uh, Everybody, people like uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who I used to admire, just embarrassed herself. She did a Nikki Haley impersonation. It was it was really disgusting. I don't know how she could ever bounce back. And RFK Jr., who you know I love, but I mean, I it's, it's like somebody standing behind him with a gun. You know, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's waving the Israeli. I mean, it doesn't. What he said about Israel is so inconsistent with all his other rhetoric it makes i mean it makes no sense you're not concerned you're concerned about human rights but you're not concerned about the palestinians who you know an official in israel had called it yeah they're, they're living in the largest uh, open-air concentration camp in the world i i, I and until that's not right this stuff is going to happen because we are the we are the world's biggest military power and we're on the side of the bully and the aggressor there and there's no question however you look at it no question about it we're arming them to the teeth and what's interesting though and i i mentioned this on, on other shows is that i because of the anti-white rhetoric and the anti-white agenda the great replacement which is very real uh they have really empowered uh lots of non-white people in this country and so you're seeing and all these people they don't quite understand the agenda so they're naturally going to go with the Palestinians because they're non-white and Israel is the whitey there. You know, this is a great white oppressor. Uh, so it, it, I hope it blows up in their face. I think that's why they backed off because you saw the people on college campuses and, and the right should understand how bad cancel culture is because they canceled those kids as well. Uh, there's, there's people that signed at Harvard that signed a letter uh, condemning Israel. Uh, they, I mean, you had Jewish businessmen that were contacting everybody else saying, you never hire these people. But it's the exact same thing the left has been doing in cancel culture. But, you know, when it happens there, well, it's okay. People like uh, Megyn Kelly, 
defended. It's like, what? You know, you don't see the inconsistency there that you people, you know, college kids ought to be able to say what they want. And but so I think it's like Rashida Talib, who's an unlikely ally of mine, but she was exactly right on this. So it's the squad. And they were the only ones in Congress that spoke out about it. Everyone left and right unanimously. We stand with Israel. So, I mean, something's wrong with that. You, you need to have some kind of disagreement. But this, this is where the left-right paradigm was exposed. It's still being pretty strong. When it comes to Israel, there's solidarity there. Yeah. Yeah. It's the uh, two wings of the same bird, as they say. And both of them, uh, both of those wings have probably been blackmailed at some point. And I think there's a lot of ideological um, alignment between the people in Congress with Israel. They don't need to be blackmailed. They feel that way strongly. But for those that yeah. do not, they have ways to make you get on board with with the agenda. We've got a couple minutes left. Let's wrap up with this, because this is kind of where we started with Ruckus uh, when he, he did his news headline. But we see that old Elon has brought Alex Jones back onto uh, X. <laughs> yeah, now, it's yeah. interesting to me because Media Matters' big problem with X platform was that it was uh, harmful content was on there. But, you know, Facebook and Instagram are still met matching pedophiles with uh, pornography, right. child pornography. Yeah. So so that is a <laughs> that is an actual thing that's happened. It's a measurable thing. And uh, and I don't see Media Matters threatening, uh, you know, going to Menlo Park and threatening Facebook's uh, corporate office, but they certainly are bringing it towards X and Elon. Um, Alex Jones coming back. Good thing? Bad thing? Indifferent? Does well, it matter? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good in a way. It, it expands the parameters of debate a little bit. But if you watch, I watched some of that Twitter. My son was watching it. He said he watched this Twitter spaces. And uh, obviously, they get a lot more attention in my Twitter spaces. Too. But, you know, Elon Musk hosting helps that. You know, he's the head of it. But uh, so they had people like Vivek Ramaswamy, who's also been saying some interesting things. But uh, Laura Loomer and... Uh, these people that are, again, they really are the definition of kind of living in hangouts. I mean, they tell some truth. And Elon Musk, I don't know. He says a lot of great stuff. But Alex Jones, I, I just I had to turn it off because Alex Jones started out by apologizing against Sandy Hook. And I said, I just, you know, look, man, you, you, this is the problem. You know, Alex Jones being prosecuted for that. He was prosecuted for questioning event. And uh, you can't do that because that opens all of us. We're all questioning events all the time. And a lot of those events have parents and more families involved. So what's to stop Seth Rich's family from uh, getting us for, uh, for harassment? What's to stop 9-11 families from going after us? You know, you guys, are, you disrupted our family. You harassed us by questioning. It's a very slippery slope and it's a very disturbing precedent. So I, I, I mean, I, I don't know whether Alex Jones, how legitimate he is. They've had, you know, I've been on, I was on InfoWars way back when, and I was on the, uh, a couple of months ago, I was on um, Harrison Smith's show, which is part of the intro war. So, I mean, and they sold my book. You know, they sold hundreds of copies of Hidden History back in the day. And, and in fact, I, when uh, Vivek was being inter inter interviewed by uh, Alex Jones, uh, I was watching it, and uh, uh, a copy of Hidden History was on the bookshelf behind him. So I, I, I don't nice. know. I, I, yeah, and I got excited. I was hoping. I think it was Vivek, but I don't know. But then somebody else said, well, no, that was Alex Jones. So, but I don't know who knows, but so when I see, you see your own product there, you know that you're not compromised. You know, okay, I mean, they must be doing something. They serve a purpose, and it does open up the debate some. I still don't like any shackles on. Should be able to question Sandy Hook or PizzaGate or whatever that you can't question. I don't know, but uh, however you look at it, I guess you know it's it's 
it's like getting a boss and having them giving you some new perks or you know giving you open there's still some stuff going on you don't like and you know why can't we do this that's what i look at people months and i so i and i take everybody at face value i know what Musk's background is i mean that he's got, he's got very unlikely it's just like i knew what trump's background was so you just take it from you take what you can and I, i'm suspicious of them all but you know if they they ask me on their shows or, or say something good about it. I'm obviously going to support that. I don't think I'm going to become compromised by them doing that. That's the way I look at it. It's Don Jeffries, everybody. Go to Amazon, buy his books. You can follow his shows, I Protest and America Unplugged over on Rockfin. The big thanks to Jeff Berwick in the first part of the hour. And thanks to Don Jeffries. I'll be back tomorrow, 2 o'clock Eastern. See you then. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio.